Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. Dominique, have you heard of the term child-free versus childless? I have not. And that's why I'm super excited about this episode because I had not heard of it. But of course, we've been talking a little bit about it before we decided to record this episode. And I'm just excited to share more of our thoughts and then also talk a little bit more about what this major difference is. I find it really interesting and it might be pertinent to mention that It could be a generational thing that women in our generation in their 40s and older may not be as familiar with these two terms and what they can significantly mean for someone who uses one or the other to describe their situation as to why they may not have children. And I've heard these terms used a lot more with people in their 30s and their 20s. So I think it's something that the younger generations have rightfully so developed a clearer way to differentiate between these two terms. So the terms that I mentioned in the beginning are childless and child-free. So childless tends to refer to, I'm going to use the word people, but in a lot of the things I was researching, it tends to be used to refer to women, but there's no reason that men should not be included in this as well. But childless can refer to people who don't have kids, but it's because of circumstance. Maybe they are struggling with infertility. Maybe they haven't met the right person who they want to have children with. Maybe financially it hasn't been the right time for them to have children, but they do want to in the future. Whereas child-free is a term used for people who have consciously decided not to become parents, whether that is through having children naturally or adopting or whatever, child-free means that conscious choice to not take that path in life. And so Dominique and I have done a previous episode about our personal decision to not have children. And after learning more about these two terms, we both realize that we are child-free people because we both Mm -hmm. made that decision. Yeah. And I love bringing this conversation to the table, again, not only because we have already had an episode on our own personal decisions, but of course, our experiences with making this decision was a challenge, at least for me. And I know, Carrie, because we've talked about it before, has been a little bit of a challenge too when it comes to judgment and questioning of, are you sure you're making the right decision? So I really love that these two definitions can be looked at very differently because language is a big 
part of it too. Because in my mind, when I hear childless, that makes me feel a little bit like a sinking in my stomach. Like there's a little bit of a lack in that word, whereas child-free It gives almost this sense of like, oh, that was a decision that I got to make. It has a little bit of of an uplifted sound to it. So when you brought this to my attention, these two definitions, right away I went into, okay, how does it make me feel to hear these two words? And then to discuss those big differences between them. So yes, child-free is something I would certainly consider myself to be because it was a conscious decision that I made and that I stand by for my values and where I've been at in my life. And that's a great point you made about the importance of language and how these two terms, though similar, they do convey very different things and they have different feels to them for the user of the term. So because we are child-free, we want to convey that idea of freedom and lightness and power over our own decision making and that sort of thing, which the word does convey for us. But someone who really wants kids and for whatever reason they can't have kids, childless probably feels a lot more aligned for them to use because they are missing something. They are less than what they want to be in that situation, which would be incredibly difficult and painful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's so important for us to look at these two words and defining them too, because that brings greater compassion and understanding. And just as if we maybe feel judged for not having children, we don't want to be projecting any beliefs or thoughts on anyone who is identifying as childless or even individuals who did decide to have children. We're human beings. We all just want to be heard and understood and make our own decisions without being judged and shamed and blamed, no matter which way you're going. And one thing that we're always talking about between human design or Enneagram is that any type, whether it's Enneagram, human design, anything, anyone can experience this desire to not have children, to face the challenges of being childless. So it has nothing to do with, oh, let's put you in this little grouping or box. But what I think is really quite interesting because the human design chart can give us so many insights on making decisions in relationships in our own lives. It does not explain or show someone's lived experiences. And this is where conditioning comes into play and how conditioning leads to people's beliefs and stories. And so an example would be for myself, I have a lot of nurturing in my chart. I have a lot of desire for connection and relationships and intimacy and caring, but my lived experience created trauma within my nervous system that led me to believe that being too close to someone wasn't safe. Having my own children wasn't safe because I could potentially be putting my conditioning and beliefs upon them which I knew I did not want to do. So my focus was caring for myself first and however long that took, it took. And so that's one thing with this human design lens is you can't look at a chart and assume 
that this person's going to be meant for you and that's your soulmate or that you're going to be this amazing nurturer or provider because it does not explain those lived experiences and how we each carry conditioning so differently. We learn it from families, we learn it from lived experiences and so many more areas too. That is such a good point. I think a lot of us, when we find one of these systems that really aligns for us and that we really feel connected to, sometimes we can lose sight of that point of you have had a unique path in your life thus far. And that is also going to play a big part in who you are beyond these personality systems or what your Enneagram type is or what your human design chart says about you. Two people could have the exact same Enneagram type and I'm assuming the exact same human design chart and Mm -hmm. still be completely different people and have different motivations or personalities or just because of their own experiences. Absolutely. And one of the cool things about human design too is that no one's chart is going to be the same. We can have same themes. Like for example, you and I being projector energy types. When you think of the energy that it requires to provide for a family, to feed and nurture a family, and to do all of that, projectors can sometimes struggle with all that's required for having a family because we don't have that consistent energy that a lot of generators and manifesting generators have with not defined sacral center, which is our life and workforce energy. So because it is inconsistent and we can oftentimes require more rest or more time to ourselves to really replenish ourselves so we can give fully to others and everything that we're desiring. This is where having families and being parents for projectors can sometimes be a challenge. I know we've talked about how we love our sleep, our sleep episode, why we prioritize rest and sleep. And that's because we know that if we don't, then we are burning on fumes. And that is not helping anyone in our lives. So that's another area where I think it's important to just recognize what you have the energy for and just examining that a little bit more closely. If you are in the mindset of wanting to go down the child-free by choice avenue. I wanted to bring up quickly just because I heard you say it and I almost said it and I caught myself because I'm really trying to be conscientious to not have this way of thinking, I'm sure it's been conditioned into both of us, that the word family only refers to people who have kids, like start Mm -hmm. a family if you want a family. Because I think a really important mind shift that we all need to make is that we all have family no Mm -hmm. matter what our situation is. Even if we're a single person, but we hang out with our core group of friends every week and we have a Sunday dinner together, that is family. I consider myself to have a family with my partner and our cat. It's one of my minor pet peeves in the world that when people say, I want to start a family and they already have a spouse or what I'm like, you have a family. Right, right. Right. Yeah, that's just a phrase we've all come to use to mean have children. 
Yes. Yeah. What it can be is like, I want to expand upon our family or something, the language of it. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. It really is about language because, yes, when you think of to start a family, it's almost like you don't have enough. We often, as human beings, are seeking more, and that's just within our genetics. And to really practice gratitude for what you have right now is such a great way to start cultivating that sense of enoughness in the now. And so, yeah, that's something where I certainly try to catch myself as well. And when I hear other individuals say certain things, it's like there's that sense of lacking something and just that little change, like I said, to expand upon the family can really just sit so differently within your heart too. Yeah, exactly. I love that idea of expanding upon a family rather than starting a family because starting means mm -hmm. you haven't done it. You haven't done anything in that direction yeah. and that's just not true. From the day we're born, we're born into a family. And of course, families can be difficult. So it's not always going to be the picture perfect thing, but it's still family, oh, whatever sure. that looks like to each individual. I'm curious to hear from the Enneagram lens how this can play out with the idea of how we're talking child-free and childless. It's funny. I was thinking about this episode and preparing for it, and I was like, how can I connect the Enneagram to this topic? Because like we said, it's such a personal decision, and any Enneagram type can want kids or not want kids. That is something that is a very personal decision, and it has very little to do with type. So the motivation behind your decision whether or not to have children may differ based on your Enneagram type. The Enneagram is all about personal motivation. And so that is sort of the direction I thought I would go. And I thought it would be interesting to talk about my own personal motivation and your own personal motivation mm -hmm. through the lens of the Enneagram. For me, I'm a type one. Type ones tend to be really, really idealistic and they really want the world and their own personal world to be a certain way. And those expectations are rarely met for type ones. And so we live in a very constant state of frustration, which has been very true for me for most of my life. Now that I have this language and understanding of the system, I can really see that within myself. Mm -hmm. And so before I even knew about the Enneagram, a big piece and motivation for me to not have children had to do with I didn't want to bring children into a world that to me was nowhere near the vision of how I wanted the world to be. The world and our society does not align with my own ideals at the moment, and it hasn't my whole adult life. It's not that I am hopeless or nihilistic or anything like that, but especially after living in other cultures. And these other cultures are a little bit closer to how I would want to be living if I did have children, but it's still not exactly right. Made me realize that I really, really wouldn't want to have kids living in the United States. And it's really hard not to be living in the United States when you were born here. So anyway, that yeah. for me was a big piece of it, that the world was just basically too messed up for me <laughs> to bring kids into it. I think my anxiety would be through the roof right now if I had kids just seeing some of the things on the horizon of our future. We've talked in past mm -hmm. episodes about artificial intelligence and things like that, that who knows what direction that'll go. And yeah. so yeah. for me, that was a big and piece of it. 
And you're definitely not alone in this because that was very much a big part of it for me as well. Besides my unresolved trauma that I was healing from, the nervous system dysregulation, the anxiety that came from that, I was looking at the world and I was like, we can do so much better, but it's not happening right now. And so I don't want to bring a child into this world. And if it's ever going to happen, who knows? And I don't want to rely on or count on, oh, the world will be a better place by the time I'm ready to have children. And it never felt right to me because I was like, I'm not happy with how I'm experiencing it right now. And so it just didn't feel right to me. And I shifted it to where I was like, I'm going to put my work into trying to make this a better place to live. However, I can do that. And now I'm so grateful I can do that through my coaching and even in physical therapy. I'm putting that focus on myself because I know I can control what I do and believe and share. But yeah, I can definitely resonate with that whole process as well, Carrie. So you're not alone with wanting to bring a child up in a place that they're fully deserving of no matter what and supported. And that's something that I was not in a place to be able to do, provide that support because I needed to take care of my own stuff in order to get there. Another interesting (laughs) aspect that you and I have in common, as well as my partner, is all three of our types, types eight, nine, and one are part of the body or the gut triad when we're talking about centers Mm. of intelligence. And one of the main components for this triad that is of great importance to them is autonomy and independence. And so I know for my partner, he is definitely child-free. He came to be child-free before me. He was the one who really brought the conversation to the table about let's talk about the possibility of not having kids. And for him, I've been with him for almost 20 years, so I feel like I can speak on his Mm -hmm. behalf. He has not outright said this, but his autonomy and independence is very important to him. And I think for him, the idea of having a child, he just saw that disappear from his life, that he would have to start putting someone else's needs significantly ahead of his own. And he likes doing with his free time what he wants to do. And the idea of having to go to after school events or sports events or whatever your child's participating in, of course, parents do that lovingly. But I feel pretty safe saying that they don't want to do that 100% of the time when they have to do it. And to him, it felt like torture, an idea of torture that he couldn't have control of his time. And I identify with that very Mm. strongly as well because of that. So I'm curious as a type nine, Dominique, if that resonates with you at all. First off, I want to say that I think it's absolutely beautiful that he had this awareness and stood by that gut feeling and that deep knowingness. And I think it's important too, just to know, because of course this conversation isn't just for women, although primarily it's women who are in this conversation when we're talking about childless or child-free, but men as well. And it is not being selfish. We're not all created to desire the same exact thing. And what we're talking about right now, children. So 
I think that's incredibly selfless when I hear of individuals standing in their truth, standing in their values, and I can greatly appreciate it. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. But it's interesting as a nine, and I know you've talked about how I'm a peacekeeper. I like keep the peace and also just really feeling into the sensations, which I had not been able to do for most of my life because of the dissociation that was my protective mode from the trauma. And it hasn't been until maybe the past six years that I've been able to actually listen to what my body is telling me and not go off of just logic because we can't make all decisions out of logic. A lot of it does come from a deep knowing, a deep sensing, that intuitive knowing. And I was blocked from that for a long time. So learning more about the nine and dissociation being a part of it has been really confirming for me as well. And with the Enneagram being focused around our conditioning, I think that this is a great conversation to have since our conditioned behaviors really play a big role in our desires. The other thing about type nines is they really seek to not feel impeded upon. For me personally, from my own perspective, I can't imagine anything more impeding upon your current life than bringing a child into your life. You Mm -hmm. have to really want that change in order to take it, in my opinion, because of how drastically it changes your life. And for some people, it's the change they want. And for some people, it's not. And I am imagining as a type nine, that feeling of being impeded upon would be really constricting. Yes, yes, very much so. And I always just thought it was because like my dad growing up, he was a very independent person, but he loved spending time with me. We loved spending time together. But at the same time, we were good with time apart. And we just had this understanding where I was like, oh, I didn't feel like I was being smothered, but I could still have that closeness and connection. And then there were other people where I was just like, oh my gosh, it's too much. Like my grandmother used to laugh because she could never be by herself. Like never, she would be bored out of her mind or fearful of it. I was like, I love being by myself. My one grandmother was the exact same way. And I wonder if generationally, it just was so different for them because they had so much less choice than we did. And they only really had one path that was set before them as being the right path to take as a woman. And then once they're empty nesters, they're never alone. They never recognized who they were through the lens of just themselves. They always saw Mm -hmm. their definition of who they were through the lens of other people. Yeah, I have to say that's probably a big part of it for my grandmother as well. Just because, yeah, the upbringing, generational, what they learned, what was within their values at the time. And it's shifting, of course, it's changing so much. And another reason why we love having these conversations here, just so we can open the door to all of these types of conversations, have a judgment-free space where you can just be heard and also just share your own thoughts We love anytime our listeners want to reach out and share their thoughts on episodes. Love hearing from you guys, but it's all coming from a solid place of love and wanting to share our voices because we would want you to do the same with your voice. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. 
We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.